It's week three of the NFL season. One of the most important waiver wire weeks of the year. Who'd you guys get? Anyone, I got, anyone good? I got me some Mike Davis. So you got Mike Davis? I got Mike Davis. I got outbid on everybody. Yeah, I got outbid. Some people do uh, bidding systems. Our league, we happen to do a bidding system, which I think works the best. But, you know, other leagues, they, they just kind of do it based on who's the worst team. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but it's an intense process, man. And if your team sucks, it's fucking intense, man. You go to sleep that night, you know, kind of going back and forth on your waiver claim choice. You're like, shit. To make the right choice. I've got one of those teams this year that I'm, I'm crying, but I'm, I, I can't help but laugh at laugh, all the injuries. You, all la- the- you laugh because so you don't cry. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Dude, I remember having like some some weeks where it's like I made 12 waiver bids on like three guys because it's just like in case I get this guy, I need to drop this guy, etc. Yep. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, you can get really into it. And especially now, you know, with all these injuries, I mean, we saw multiple starting running backs go down bunch of wide receiver injuries i mean still to this moment we're looking at possibly you know a sunday without Devonte adams and julio jones sure. um we're not also not going to have um the uh, top three wide receivers maybe are off the board yeah because also michael yep, thomas michael thomas is still hurt and you've got saquon barkley and christian mccaffrey out as the top two running back so how, how much of this is um Related to not having a preseason, like there seems like a lot of injuries, but there always seems like there's a lot of injuries. So, you know, unless I see a stat that shows that there's actually more injuries than normal, I I don't know what to believe. I I think it's just bigger names. Yeah, and I think think that's the the uh, the significant thing because I mean they're still practicing and training. Um, Oh man, my my thing is so I, I soft tissue injuries. I could buy that being related to COVID. They're not in playoff shape. They're not in football shape, but when they're actual contact injuries, guy gets an ankle rolled on, gets rolled onto the back of literally plants and, and pops his knee. Those are not things that are necessarily avoidable. It's just kind of now maybe the turf. I heard some, some stuff about the turf up in the, up in New York for San Francisco because they had multiple guys get hurt and San Francisco gets to turn right back around and play the giants at the same stadium this week. So well, also you got you also, you have to think now that the steel curtains back. There's going to be a lot of injuries facing that defense. <laughs> just just as Drew Locke They're running into the steel curtain, baby. Who 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 hurt Locke? Who took him down? Oh, my man Bud Dupree, baby. Bud Dupree. Oh. Is he any good there, Brandon? Uh, I don't know who you guys are talking about. Oh, yeah, I never heard of him. Never heard of him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, out of the, we've already seen waiver wire busts this year. Speaking of the Steelers. Everyone was all high on Benny Snell last week. Um, I wasn't because no matter how bad Connor is, Snell's even worse. So uh, I, I I knew if Connor was going to come back, I mean, he was walking all along the sidelines last week. I was I wasn't really even that worried about him starting. I was just worried about Connor. You know what they were going to do. I was actually going to leave Connor on the bench all the way until Godwin had his uh, his late phantom concussion, and so I had no. Had, I'm so thin already. I had no choice but to fly Connor, and unfortunately, he put up some good numbers. I mean, a lot like a lot of these waiver wire pickups this week, Connor is one of these guys. He's not overly talented, but he's in a good situation. Uh, that's what potentially, you know, Davis is going to be. Dude, Davis is really interesting. Uh, big waiver wire pickup this week. Caught eight passes the second that CMC. So they, it looked like they weren't even changing the offense for him. Eight passes. That's more catches than A.J. Green has all season. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been pr- pretty productive everywhere he's gone. He was in Chicago. I thought he was pretty productive there. He was in Seattle. I thought he was pretty productive there. He was when a he got, Denver guy when, when he started, he got, right? When he got playing time. Um, I don't remember. See, I remember him starting in Denver. 
So that so may be a different real, Mike real Davis. Real quick on the on the injury note, I was doing a little bit of research here. That's why I was so quiet. Um, the last time there's been a uh, rash or uh, rush of injuries like this was after the 2011 NFLPA lockout. Um, injuries were up 25 percent. Achilles injuries doubled, and hamstring injuries increased by 44 percent. I feel like we've already seen a more than normal Achilles and hamstring injuries. So there's actually data to say, you know, uh, this season compared to that season has a lot of similarities. So yeah, yeah um, I think we've already seen stop that year. And so we, we probably shouldn't expect them to stop this year. Yeah. I think we've already seen a couple Achilles injuries already. And that's kind of abnormal because that's not an injury that you typically get a ton of, especially early in the season. Um, but even throughout the course of a season, you get maybe five half dozen, something like that. And we're already at two or three, I think. There is a lot of hamstring injuries, absolutely. If you look at the wide receiver position, especially, um, there's a lot of guys suffering from that there. So, yeah. So, so Drew, you talked about a week one bust. Um, who do you think this week? Who do you think's the week two bust? Who do you think somebody went all in for and is just setting themselves up for failure? So, I don't think he's going to be a bust this week. I actually think he's going to be really productive this week. But I think a short term investment that people probably spend a lot of uh, free agency money on is going to be Dion Lewis. And here's why it's not that I don't trust Dion Lewis, it's that they just yesterday signed Devontae Freeman, who I was thinking he was past his prime and I went, look, he's only 28 years old. He should be at his best right now of his entire career. So you bring in Devontae Freeman, who has a lot of similar skills as Dion Lewis. So I think Dion Lewis, next couple weeks, I think he's productive. But ultimately, I think Gallman might steal some of the early uh, down carries because he's more of a between-the-tackles runner than Dion Lewis or Devontae Freeman are. And, uh, yeah, I think Deion Lewis is going to be a, a flash in the pan, not effective after a few weeks. It, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be like Detroit, um, similar in just a sense that you have three, so many people going in. Who's going to get the points that day? Who's not? Um, we're seeing flashes like T.Y. Hilton this year. Um, a couple years ago, he 41 or 4. Um, obviously, these running back situations aren't going to uh, produce that is, is what we're expecting. But who's getting the ball? Who's getting those points? It's it's too sure. risky, and it's not worth those bids or those picks. So, what do you think is the what do you think is as a worthy bid on Deion Lewis? I can tell you what's not a worthy bid on him. What what's that? Um, if you have like roughly a thousand dollars to bid on, eight hundred one or nine hundred one are definitely not your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to our league now, yes, uh, one guy in our league went all in, spent nine tenths of his yearly budget on Deion Lewis. Yeah, I'm sure he won't regret that at all. Not a chance. Not a chance. What are the chances he didn't see the Devontae Freeman signing signing yesterday? I one hundred. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So the, the funny thing was, I, there was already rumblings about Devontae getting signed there, but um, he was drafted in both leagues. He was drafted. Let's face it. That announcement wasn't made until like six, seven o'clock yesterday. Well, so a well, lot the, of people probably already had their shit locked in, didn't look at their phones. Boom. See the the actual announcement. Um. Um. Some of the articles Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, said they're already they're already talking to Devontae oh, and, and they're yeah, trying okay. to have him in Sunday night. I, sure. I did but, hear but some he was drafted as well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, he was a he was a good draft and stash by anybody who's in a little bit of a deeper league or a running back shallow league, and um, so that may have paid off for some people. They're taking that. Also, some people smart enough to handcuff Christian McCaffrey with Mike Davis that probably paid off for you pretty well. Well. Some other news from this week um, and and a potential monster waiver wire grab, especially because the announcement wasn't made until today that he was officially starting. But uh, Tyrod Taylor, as it turns out, 
had a little bit of a rib injury his first week. And so prior to the game uh, routine, they were giving him a shot to numb the area and boom, went right through his lung. Yeah. Dude, how would you feel? You know, you're getting your quarterback, you're been a journeyman, you know, you're wandering around the league trying to find a place. You find a really good team. And then right before your first start in your new stadium, your team doctor pokes you right in the fucking breather. Yeah, that, that, that's got to be tough. Uh, hopefully he can breathe at some point in the near future here. But this may be the changing of the guard in, in L.A. For, for the Chargers. What happens when everyone's... than they thought. But, I mean, we, we kept on saying for weeks, months now, that Tyrod Taylor isn't the answer. Tyrod Taylor's holding the Chargers back. I think we kind of saw what the Chargers can be. You know, um, I definitely didn't have them as a winning team. Uh, but I think now with Herbert, they're not, I still don't think they're going to threaten uh, the Chiefs long term. Um, but my, my views kind of changed after season Herbert, you know. Of course. I mean, they, they've always had all the weapons. The quarterback was their biggest question mark. Uh, a lot of people didn't know. I mean, they have a lot of studs on that defense. You know, they, they, they got the signing um, from the, the, the Broncos cornerback, Chris, Chris, Harris. Chris Harris. Really good signing, as it turns out. And uh, that defense is good, even without Derwin James. Makes me wonder, probably the top defense in the NFL with Derwin James. Uh, so, But they are still very, very good. Um, they made some movements. They restructured some contracts. And they could be good this year. I think, I think a lot of people were expecting them to kind of um, phone it in this year, develop Herbert a little bit. And uh, that has not been the case. Herbert, right out the gun, that was one of the best debuts from a rookie in NFL history. And, sure. and just finding out, like, within the hour, hour or two before the game, that, hey, by the way, you're starting. I said, no, you're kidding. No, you're starting. Suit up. Yeah. So so some other guys that I thought were interesting in fantasy, and we actually put them on our waiver wire column from last week, if you if you read it, is uh, Russell Gage and Gardner Minshew. Gardner looks like he could be the truth, and I've touted him before, not maybe on the pod, but I don't know if you may, you may have heard me say that I think he finished his top 10 in fantasy at the quarterback position this year. And then Russell Gage, like that Atlanta offense, it's it, if you're a target in that offense, you got a chance every week. You know who did not believe in Gardner Minshew? Brandon. Mr. Brandon Brister, who now is starting him on his fantasy team. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Averaging three I've, I've touchdowns a week. both games, and he's been a beast. How, how about the back and forth between him and uh, Fitzpatrick? Did you see that this week? Fitzpatrick yes. said that, if, uh, that beards are better than mustaches, and... Uh, uh, Gardner was like, um, he's like, uh, he's like, I, I disagree, but I'll let the old man have it, have it or something. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, um, I was always taught to respect my elder, so yeah. I'm going to respect my elder. Dude, that's the, my way elder. These, <laughs> these Gen Zers that are flooding into the league really intrigue me. They have, they seem to have ice in their veins. I like a lot about them. Uh, Herbert, dude, he, Herbert looks like he just went through puberty. Um, but except for he's six eight or something but he really does he's got like acne like he's just awkward looking he's if, if you watched um uh hard knocks at all he's not very engaging he's kind of like uh, almost like seems like he's on a spectrum a little bit or so i don't know but he but he's fucking baller man he's a gamer see see for me that's actually a really good point because every year a year in and year out we're always like hey this is a great rookie class and it always like pant like everyone just sucks right mm-hmm. there's always like two or three studs we got like a handful of guys that are coming in and starting early. Yep. They're playing good ball, quarterbacks, oh receiver. Like, so I think part of that is the way that the the 
college structure is now, a lot of teams have moved towards the spread. And it used to be that at the NFL level, they rejected the spread, right? They're going to run pro style, run the ball down your throat. Now more NFL teams are adopting spread style offenses, Kansas City, uh, Philadelphia, et cetera, et cetera. So these guys have had more training from a younger age to play quarter the quarterback position, and they've had more experience throwing the ball. And, and, and the system that they're adapting to at the NFL level is not as difficult to adapt to from the college level to the NFL level. So there's a little bit easier transition for a lot of guys. Yeah, see, I, I got that part, but... But, but there's su- there's such poise you can't teach. It doesn't matter what system. Well, and, is going and speaking in. of systems, Herbert was not in an NFL friendly system. No. It was his biggest knock. Um, he probably would have went number two overall had you know he not clapped every single time. He, right? he never had a hard count. The guy never had to do a hard count. Like there was a lot missing. He fit like a fucking glove in the NFL. Yeah, he so looks like he was born. Some for some, it. Guys, some guys just need like just can play. And uh, so like going forward, do you think this this is like a continuing trend, a continuing tread trend that can just like progress every year? That fifteen guys are going to be studs in the first round. And Brandon know. and I talked about this uh, both last year. We wrote articles about the quarterback position being easier transition. I know you're not specifically talking about the quarterback position, but just looking forward. Me and Brandon both said maybe you don't need to invest as much in quarterbacks, especially on that second contract. So those are both articles we're checking out if you want to look at look at more content on it. Good but, luck finding them there like a year ago. We'll repost them for you. I'm talking about transitioning. But, 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 but absolutely. At, even, at, no, I, at all of the positions, yeah. there's, uh, it, it's moving towards a younger game at the NFL level anyway, right? So it, Speaking and, of rookie quarterbacks, uh, Marcus, do you want to talk about your stud that you loved coming out of Oklahoma? Uh, if Philly continues to struggle, do you think we see Jalen Hurts uh, tr- being uh, coming of the new guard there in Philly? Um, I, I don't see why not. Um, of course, I'm, I still have a huge man crush on the guy. Um, can't be any worse, right? It can't be worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's Wentz done, man? He's got he still has like 80 million guaranteed left on his contract. I think, give or take. I mean, they might need Jalen Hurts to play wide receiver in a week or two. So, oh I, man, they they got to figure something out, but. What are you guys going to do if he comes in and just looks like Herbert? Then what do you start, you know, start talking about with Wentz over in Philly? Because it's been atrocious. The difference between him and Herbert, though, is Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, both these players are operating just behind terrible offensive lines. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, shift this too hard. But uh, one of our fans actually sent in a call that they were able to get uh, from an actual NFL player. Um, and so, uh, we want to play that call for you now cause it's really interesting. Um, and it just kind of speaks to, you know, how intense our fans are about fantasy sports. So here it is. Um, hello. Yo, is this Dion? Yeah, man. What fucking time is it? Who's calling? Hey man, it's Brian. It's 4.30 a.m. and this is Brian calling. Okay, Uh, Brian who? Brian, your new manager. Just got the notification, baby. I won you. What, what, won me? What the fuck? Yeah, man, just got the email from Yahoo. Put in a waiver claim for you because I believe in you, Dion. You playing for the Brady Bunch now, man. You ready to win this thing? What? Win what? Brady Bunch? What the fuck are you talking about? The league, baby. The office fucking league. Haven't ever won this thing, but we winning it this year, baby. Woo! 
How the hell did you get my number? Yahoo, man. Like I said, I'm your manager now. It's almost five. You gonna get up and do some stretches or something? I'm going back to sleep, man. You feeling limber? You know Devontae Freeman's there now, right? Can't let that fool steal your touches. Never win that way. Man, fuck your fantasy team. I don't care about that. You will care, Dion. Once we hoisting that trophy and getting extra jeans day at the office, baby. Now get out of bed. We need to get you ready for Sunday, child. I'm hanging up now. Don't fucking call me again. So thank you so much, Brian, for sending in that call. Uh, you know, Brian... I think a lot of us uh, wish that we could speak to our fantasy players and you're living the dream, baby. I don't know how you got Dion Lewis's number, but that's, that's beautiful. That's great. Okay. I, I wish, I wish I would have heard uh, Dion talk a little bit more about his, uh, his thoughts on Devonte Freeman, but you know, you can't get everything in a call. He, he's a little bit, you know, he, he, I think he, I think he got him when he was just woke up. Maybe, maybe we'll get another call next week when uh, Dion Lewis four, shits the bed this week. It was, it was four 30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Didn't you hear the call? That was a, if, that was a very real call yell, that we've just if played. You could, if you could talk to one player on your fantasy team right now, who would it be? Because I know right now I'm I'm absolutely screaming at Jarvis Landry. Um, the guy has just been a massive disappointment for me. Um, so I that's who I would call at 4.30 a.m. asking if he was up and stretching and putting in the reps. See, that's the difference between you and me. I, I'd fly up to New Jersey, and I would wake up Saquon Barkley with a bowl of soup. I'd ice his knee. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd pamper him. I'd cry next to him, and right. I'd pray for him. Especially if he's on your keeper league, man. You need him for next year. <laughs> All right, I'll, so let's jump, toenails. let's jump into some baseball, uh, just peppering in some, some baseball news. We are approaching the playoffs, believe it or not. Yes, that's right. Baseball, we just started a couple months ago, is already approaching the playoffs. Gotta love that 60-game schedule. That's how I like my baseball, short and sweet. (laughs) I think that's how it should be every fucking year. Because guess when I start paying attention to baseball? Right at the beginning, right at the end, and through the playoffs. Because the middle, nobody gives a fuck about. In July, God, it's so hard to maintain your stoke in July and August. Like I'm just so burnt out. Even when I'm even I'm, when I'm burning it up and killing in fantasy baseball, I fucking hate baseball around that time. I can't watch a game. Oh, Nobody's yeah. into it. Oh yeah, I won today. 148 to go. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's like the 30th game of the NBA season. You know, nobody's fucking playing defense. They just they're literally, they just have a look in their face like ah damn. Get this over with. None of this matters. So, so anyway, what are what are some surprises from the from the season? Let's recap it a little bit, and we'll we'll look and look ahead to the playoff matchups. Dude, the Chicago White Sox. Um, I they haven't been relevant since they won a championship back in two thousand six. They're the two seed. Five. Oh, I mean, again, I haven't really been watching, but that shocks the shit out of me. Are, are they one of these teams that maybe doesn't make it in a hundred and sixty two game season? I, I don't think so. They've actually dominated this year they're, they're actually potentially going to be the one seed so tim anderson their shortstop is having 
an MVP caliber season. He's been and, he's been bumping up for the last few years though. Yeah, but so last year he got hurt and missed the majority of the second half of the season, and he was all off to a good start. This year he's leading the league in batting average, and then you look over at Jose Abreu, a regenerate you know regeneration of a year, nineteen home runs he's got already in less than sixty games. Like that's pretty good. Like damn good. That, that, well, that I mean he's on pace for almost sixty home runs in a season. The, so the White, the White Sox actually started off slow too, uh, which was you know expected, anticipated. Um, so that's got to be a huge surprise. Um, um, Astros being as low as they are, I think that that's kind of like you know in the teeter yeah. um, makes me horny. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, o- Oakland's a <laughs> really need, good team. Unfortunately for Oakland, they're going to be probably without their best player for the the rest of the season in the playoffs. And Matt Chapman, their third baseman, um, and the Yankees kind of just tons of injuries. They're starting to get a little healthier. They might be able to make a run. Um, and then, I mean, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, right? Like, there's no question about They're that. They're so good. Uh, but I just got to say, you know, Houston has been talking big game. Like, they were just going to come in and, and, and dominate, and everything was going to be fine. Turns out, not knowing the velocity of pitches makes hitting a lot harder. So, uh, Houston barely cracking 500. Uh, that is a team that, ugh, I'm sorry. If we have any Houston fans on the cast, like, the world hates you. Just embrace it. You already have, but... Uh, you're kind of look like fools right now because everybody said we're gonna win another one this year. You look bad. We'll prove you all wrong. Yeah. How about some some teams that people didn't think were gonna be very good at all in Miami in, in the be. NL M- Miami uh, San Francisco. A lot of people picked them to finish last, and they have a chance at the playoffs. Cincinnati's not a, not a team that came in with a lot of hype or a lot of expectation, and they have a chance to make the playoffs here. So there's some teams that have and and the San Diego Padres like the Padres and the Raids had two of the best you know, farm systems in baseball leading into this year. And then they kind of have pushed in a little bit, especially the Padres have pushed in a lot. So this could be a team here to stay. Fernando Tatis is the real deal. He's a superstar. Yeah. Yep. So Newman, tell me about Miami. I can't believe Miami. That had to be a surprise, right? Nobody was expecting them to make the playoffs. Absolutely. So they've gotten some pretty good pitching. They've they've been a little bit aggressive in calling up some of their young pitchers that they have in the system. And then they've gotten, you know, they pieced together some potential upside free agents. And, you know, I mean, just bring in guys and, and they'll be like, hey, like if he has a good season and we suck, we'll just trade him and try to get, you know, another asset or something for the farm. But if, you know, in a 60-game season, some of these guys start playing a little bit better, and it's like, okay, wow, you know, there's a team that has a chance, and they traded for Starling Marte, so, I mean, good for them. Well, that that and the bigs are like, hey, you're not going to lose a year of eligibility for your for your farm system guys, so, hey, we'll try them all out, bring them all up, who's going to play? Absolutely. You know what name we don't see on this list? And it's becoming ridiculous. It's one of the worst organizations in all of baseball because they throw so much money and they do nothing, is the Angels. Yeah. Once again, in an expanded format, sprint, you know, season, they still can't get it done. It's, it's fucking embarrassing. They bring in these guys. They bring in these guys. What, what's his name? The pitcher slash uh, a batter. You Yokozuna. Know. <laughs> what? Yokozuna. No, no, no. You know what I'm talking about. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Shohei Otani. Hey, tomato, tomato. Pay all, pay all this money for these guys. You got these whale of contracts just sitting there being so unproductive. Albert Pujols. Um, Mike Trout, obviously doing his thing. No, Trout and Rendon have looked really good. And Dylan, they, they made a slow, sleeper trade. They traded for Dylan Bundy, who's actually been surprisingly really good this year. Hey, who knows? When you get out of Baltimore and you don't have that super short porch outfield to, to pitch in, it, it makes it a little bit easier to pitch. He's actually a like a 
AL Cy Young contender, although that's pretty much in the in the bush for uh, for Justin but Bieber. How, how much larger is their salary currently than the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the Twins? Probably three times Oakland. what the Rays is, and at least like a you know one and a half or like an extra you know half of what what the Twins have. It's ridiculous. Uh, probably probably double what Oakland's got, if not more. It's, an embar- it's a bad organization. One of the worst organizations like in sports. The, uh, spending like the Dodgers, but playing like uh, Detroit. Exactly. And dude, they're, they're, they're pretty close to the Dodgers, you know, and, and those are two teams that are spending about the same amount. <sighs> totally different yeah. results. Well, I mean, th- their manager supposedly is, is this great manager that's able to find, you know, you know, great players out of nothing in Joe Madden. And uh, I'll go back to the well. When he doesn't have the horses, he sucks. So... All right, guys. Well, radical shift. Let's get into what we really want to talk about, what we're really here for. And yeah, I've seen a lot of comments on our shit be like, oh, you guys actually know hockey? Yeah, we do. But we're all... One thing that unites all eight people on this pod, I'm sorry, on this page, is that we're all fucking huge football fans. So do we have a huge slant towards the NFL? 100%. And unapologetically, it's the greatest sport on earth. So with that in mind... On to the game. So, can somebody give us a rundown of what... So, we are doing Moneyline picks. Uh, we're giving you our Moneyline picks every week. Uh, we do Moneyline. We actually bet a, lot, bet a lot of spreads personally, and we're going to give you some advice on spreads as well. We do Moneyline because uh, this pod does not air for another day. And with things shifting, we figure it's just a little bit more applicable to do money lines. So we pick the four closest money line games every week, and then we do the two primetime games. So Sunday and Monday night. And um, so this week, we have some very interesting games. Sure. Um, what do you guys think about like, what, what, Out of the games that we got out there, what, what game really intrigues you? Uh, any upsets that you're seeing that are just kind of glaring in terms of spread? Boys, I've got two good upsets this week. Okay, uh, let's hear them. You're going to hate one of them. Um, I, li- I like Minnesota this week. <laughs> ah, awful. I, they need it. I like them at home. It's it's time. So give me that. But my favorite, this is actually going to be one of my favorite upsets out of anyone. Rams at Buffalo. I love, love, we all love what the Rams are doing. Um, it's one of my favorite upsets. I love Rams at Buffalo this yeah. week. Yeah. I am hammering that money line Rams all day long. Um Jeez, I I think some of these spreads, like just last week, uh, Eagles were favored, and then it shifted back Rams, and then it shifted back to the Eagles. So the lines this year have been moving at a pace, and especially this week. If you look at the lines, uh, they're moving all over the place. Well, yeah, and I, I think we're still going to see that for a few weeks because everyone's really trying to get a super feel. I right, mean, plus no preseason. Like, Well, so so lines are like the stock market, basically. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That Vegas exactly. Vegas sets, you know, what, what would be your initial starting price, and basically the market moves that line. So uh, what we're seeing is people just reacting to the confusing nature of this season so far, which is why I think we're seeing the lines just moving so rapidly. Um, the 49ers game has moved three and a half points. Uh, there's been just some ridiculous movement. Colts game moved three and a half points. These are not normal things. I mean, this is just from a couple of days ago. These have moved this drastically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. How about the Kansas City three and a half point dogs? I, I know Baltimore's getting like the three point home, you know, flip, but you're not getting those three points as a home team this year. You're really right. just not because you don't have the crowd effect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that, that could that could be an interesting one. We're seeing some flaws in some teams, but uh, Kansas City, well, Kansas City, Baltimore is gonna be a fun one. So let's kick this off formally. So our first game of the week is uh, the Rams versus Buffalo. I think the most interesting game from a betting perspective by far. Um, Josh Allen, by the way, number two quarterback in fantasy this this year, looks fucking phenomenal. He is connecting with Stephon Diggs. There is a lot to be excited about Buffalo, but there is a lot to be excited about the LA Rams right now. Uh, Buffalo takes it at home. Uh, They are favored by one and a half, but the line actually started at the beginning of the week at Bills favored by three. So a lot of people are thinking the same way we are. Uh, This game could easily be Rams favored by Sunday, I think. But uh, as of right now, does anybody like Buffalo? I'll just ask that. I'm going to take the Bills here. Okay. Uh, I think that, you know, the Bills do a really, really good job of shutting down the tight end. So they're going to take away Tyler Higby, who had a big game for the for the Rams last week. I also think that with the Rams kind of a little bit beat up on the offensive line, one of their best offensive linemen out, and then kind of some issues at running back, they may have to lean on Jared Goff throwing the ball. And the Bills have a good secondary. The question really for the Bills is, are they going to get enough points out of the scoring system? But with John Brown and and Stephon Diggs, I think they've been playing well enough. And plus, Josh Allen with his legs. Give me the Bills. Interesting. Well, Josh Allen's mean-ass run last week. You guys, you guys see that? Just, Dude, he's such a great he athlete. always runs mean. He, he reminds me of Cam Newton. Man, he, he was he was impressed. He fumbled at the end, but man, that was that was fun to watch. My favorite stat from Josh Allen's career so far was his rookie season, where he became the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for a hundred rushing yards in three consecutive games. Wow, an incredible stat! Uh, if you think about all these mobile quarterbacks that have come across, the fact that Vic never did that is kind of, is kind of interesting. Um, dude, Josh Allen is a is a freak athlete. It was always just a matter of. Could somebody fit a system around this freak? You know, you know who I think could be very Josh Allen like. That's out there and it's backup. Taysom Hill, give me some fucking Hill action. Uh, I'm gonna be a player, dude. I think he could be a starting quarterback. The way the way that he operates, I mean, his throwing is the only question. But hell, that was a question for Josh Allen. Guy never had above a sixty percent completion rating from high school all the way through college. Correct. That's that's what you pay the coordinator for. Yep. Yeah. So really interesting game, Uh, Brandon. You. Who, who are you taking there? In, in my mind, this is almost the the toughest game. It of definitely the week is. To pick. Sure. I flip flop back on this one, this way, that way, this way, that way. Um, I'm I'm gonna take Buffalo here. Uh, just I, he doesn't want to fall further behind, guys. I, that's not it. <laughs> if anyone knows, I I hate picking what Newman picks. That's I almost changed the last minute, but I'm I'm sticking with my notes. I'm taking Buffalo. Um, they've impressed both teams have impressed me. Um, but yeah, um, don't like the West. again. I said it last week. I don't like the West coast team, um, going to the East coast. So, um, one of the many reasons why I'm taking Buffalo. It's a lot of hate being wrong on bud game. Number two, two teams with similar success stories last year. One team, actually both were very productive in the playoffs, but Tennessee at Minnesota. So pretty similar 2019 seasons, very different 2020 seasons. We've got the 2-0 Titans uh, attacking the absolute, absolutely lost-looking Vikings. Now, I do want to say that the Vikings started out the week favored by one point. That line, predictably, has shifted towards the Titans. So, Vegas seems to like the Vikings in a weird way. Um, what do you guys think about this? I mean, what... 
I think at the beginning of the season, this this would have been such a close game, but, man, I don't think it's even close anymore. I, I, I think it's going to be surprisingly close. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of banking on everyone taking the Titans and riding that hot streak. Um, you know, going against them. I, I went against them with that Vikings last week, but um, I'm going to ride Minnesota this week. Um, I think it's time to figure it out. Kirk Cousins usually, he, he likes to go on terribly, just terribly cold, ugly, embarrassing streaks. Um and I, I think maybe because he likes to run out and say, you like that. Um, I think Minnesota is going to really throw a lot of question marks and curveballs at the you know, gamblers everywhere. Um, their defense is banged up. Um, I'm still not super sold on the Titans. Um, I'm, I'm, I would, as a gambler, I'm going to be waiting for this line to keep pushing and take the Vikings um, at the most points I can possibly get. But... For this for this uh, little competition, you guys can all take the Titans, and I'll, I'll take the W with uh, Captain Kirk. So, so I'm on the Titans. I, I thought I was going to be edgy taking Buffalo and taking Minnesota. I think Minnesota's desperate. You know, um, I've looked at I've looked at their schedule coming up. It's crazy to say there's a must win on week three, but if you look at how difficult their schedule gets, not that you know they're they're looking ahead at that, but this is kind of a must win. I like a test a desperate talent team. I'm taking Minnesota. As well, and uh, and sorry, sorry to cut you guys off. Did anyone see the uh, the, the Lil Wayne Owen Two rendition of the Friends Anthem last week? No, no, oh my gosh! It was, the, if you can find it, on Lil the, Wayne is it for Atlanta or no, no? No, it was just like he was on one of the uh, NFL pregame shows, and it was all it was a free like a freestyle, but it's a rap based on "Don't Go Owen Two to the Friends theme song. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, I know he's an Atlanta fan and, and singing too. It was yeah. awesome. Um, so I'm actually, I'm, I'm on the Titans. <clears throat> I do think that they look kind of vulnerable against the Jags last week, but, um, I think that, that just too much offense, like they, Minnesota has lost the time of possession in both games so far by a heavy margin. I think that continues. Tennessee definitely has the line to run the ball and, and the willingness to do so. And then Ryan Tannehill is good enough to convert on enough third downs to keep them on the field and put up some points. And I, I just think that that Minnesota secondary is, is too easily torched. So I'm going to stick with the Titans on this one. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sticking with the Titans as well. And I am a huge Vikings fan. I have watched both these games in their entirety. And I can tell you that the Vikings are fucking lost. If they find it this week, okay, that's chance. But if if what I've seen for the last two weeks continues, the Vikings are a bad football team, a really bad football team, with probably the worst, worst cornerbacks in the league. I would say arguably the worst offensive line in the league. Um, they've already had injuries. Uh, the guys that are getting injured are already bad, and then they're replacing them with guys that are even worse. Um, if you look at the Titans, they have Jadavion Clowney, who I think probably came into the league um, or came into the season a little bit out of shape, but is probably getting there. I think you're going to see him more and more. Um, he'll probably bulldoze that offensive line. Uh, I love Ryan Tannehill. Dude, everything I'm seeing out of Ryan Tannehill says that, you know, the last five games of the season, he probably outplayed his his performance, but I'm seeing like a, a you know, a shift to his median. And I love what I see. Uh, guys like Corey Davis are even performing. Like, I love the Titans this year. Uh, give me the Titans all day on this one. So, so interesting. The thing, the thing I like about you know uh, Ryan Tannehill is zero turnovers. He he's playing smart. He's playing within himself. Who uh, is this guy? He, he, Seriously, yeah, no. It's almost like Adam Gase is a bad offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> For real. 
Oh, wow. He played with more coordinators than just Gase, though, man. I know, but still, like, for the Dolphins, they've not really, they never did, a like, really set him up for as much success there. Adam yeah. Gase was supposed to be the, the savior for him, and obviously we saw how that turned out. Um, one interesting thing, and you mentioned Davion Clowney, I thought that that was really interesting. I watched a lot of the Jags-Titans game. Uh, the Jags center, starting center, got hurt, and first play after they put in the backup quarterback, guess who's rushing over center? Jadavion Clowney. So don't be surprised if they, to see him them move him around to try to find the best matchup so that they can impact the pass rusher. Sure, sure. Well, guys, let's move on to a game, and I don't think we even need to do much on this one, uh, but we will. I'm just going to ask the question. So the second game on our list, uh, weirdly enough, is one of the closest um, lines of the week. I don't know how that happened, but uh, Texas at Pittsburgh. Weirdly, uh, the, the, the Houston Texans. Yeah, Tex- yeah, Texans at Pittsburgh. Uh, weirdly enough, Pittsburgh is only favored by four, which I found to be pretty interesting. They opened it up at five and a half uh, and has shifted towards four. So weirdly enough, people are buying in on the Texans, and I'm not really sure what you've seen of the Texans the first two weeks to think that they could pull an upset here. What a brutal schedule to begin the season with. You, probably the three best teams in the AFC that you have to face back to back to back. Agreed. Like- yeah, Rough. it's fucking brutal. Rough. So now, now let's all just remember the Steelers also had a tough schedule going in. Hypothetically, Denver mean defense, Texans, you know, division winners. They're they're supposed to you know be awesome. Or Nobody thought Denver winners. was going to be good, dude. They, Quit they, making they, that solid, argument. Solid defense. <laughs> so I, I think maybe the sexy thing about the Texans is that they have probably the third, fourth best quarterback in the league. So that is always going to put you in games. I remember, you know, Russell Wilson had that season where he scrapped it out for nine wins. Um, and he would play spoilers to teams that you never thought he could he could play spoiler to. Um, but in Pittsburgh, is anybody taking the Texans? I'm just curious. Boys, I really want to. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a letdown, but there's no way I'm going against them. No. Stillers by 100. Sweep it. Pittsburgh's going to dominate this game, I think. Yeah, I mean... the. the Everything that Pittsburgh does well, the Texans struggle at, and the things that the Texans are good at, Pittsburgh is also good at. It's right. a terrible matchup for the, the Texans. Oh it's, my gosh. it's a really bad matchup. I mean, David Johnson, they're not going to be able to get him going. They have no wide receivers. It's just, it's going to be a bad situation. Uh, on a fantasy note about Houston of great concern, Will Fuller had zero targets last week. Zero targets. Josh got a hamstring again. So so Baltimore's secondary is really good. They have some of the elite cornerback talent, and they're just super capable of shutting down a guy like that. That's, that's, Still, though, that, 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 no, that blows no, my... He didn't even get thrown you, at. You would, think, you would think that they would force throw him some balls. Absolutely. No, that's, he's that, gonna, that's Harbaugh taking away their best weapon, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, man, we, we talked about it earlier. No DeAndre, man. That's really going to shut things down for Fuller, man. Like, he, like he, he he flourishes when he can run. And yeah. that, that's what he does. Agreed. But, Agreed. Uh, yeah, so, uh, all offseason, Drew, you talked about Roethlisberger feeds his guys. He feeds his guys... I sent a tweet on over to the to the group chat. Uh, Deontay Johnson has the second most targets in the league right now. Yeah, Ben found his number one, um, and I think big things are going to come from that duo this year. Yeah, I really I love Deontay Johnson going forward. I love Juju Smith. Uh, Dude, they have they have some real talent at wide receiver. James ben, Washington I, I, and Chase Claypool too. Ben like, Roethlisberger I, I, Juju is. Juju is a high-end number two. I right. don't think he's a number one. Now that you can slide Deontay as the number one, I think you vault 
Juju's value. I mean, it's it's really a win-win there with how that plays yeah. out. I was talking big game about Deontay Johnson the day of our draft. Um, I missed out on him and the OG League. I, I was targeting him heavily in both leagues. Uh, was a huge Deontay Johnson guy. He reminds me a lot of Steve Smith. He's like a young Steve Smith. And, and a lot of people were, were saying, like, he's like uh, Antonio Brown light. And I was like, yeah, I mean... Everybody's Antonio Brown White. <laughs> Antonio Brown's one of the greatest receivers in NFL history. Sure. So to say, they were trying to say it like it was a knock on him. Like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Is he not as good as Antonio Brown? I'll concede that. Yeah. <laughs> but do I think he's a really good player that can play on the outside? Uh, dude, once Juju, Juju's gone after next year, right? He should be. We, we, assume, yeah, when, we assume. When they can start shifting uh, Johnson into the slot. He's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And Chase Claypool is going to be a monster wherever they line him I, up. Dude, I, I love the Steelers. If, if Big Ben plays next year, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. I, I love the Steelers. I've been saying it for a long time, though. But, all right, so Seattle at Dallas. Uh, this is a game that seems like it should be closer, but, man, Vegas does not think it is. Uh, Seattle is currently favored by five points, and this is – one thing you have to consider about these games is that Seattle is playing without a crowd, which is huge for them. I mean, New England, you know, with their completely restructured defense, restructured offense, almost went into Seattle last week and beat them. Uh, Dallas, I think we all have been talking about them a lot. This is one of these games that I find very, very interesting. Um, what do you guys think about this game? Russ is having an MVP year, right? Yes, um, I think he is the MVP. He's been disgusting. Called it. Um, you also said Kyler Murray is the MVP. So no, I didn't. I only said Russell. No, I, I said Kyler will be in the conversation. Oh, yeah, in, it's in a market said. I, I okay. said he'll be in the conversation. He's yep. putting he's putting together a solid uh, year to thus far. I, I jokingly said Kyler for MVP in like a group chat, but in terms of real picks, I picked Russ as my MVP. Okay. I'm going to regret this one. I, I already know I am. Um the, man, they're banged up, and I I really hate everything about them. But can we get Cowboys at home, man? Oh wow! Give me the Cowboys at home. I, wow. I, I Seattle should win, but and and sometimes uh, it's just give me the fixings for the Cowboys for to do something wild. Maybe they blew their load. <laughs> they did uh, last week against Atlanta in that magical yeah. comeback, epic comeback. But um, you know, sometimes weird shit like that can really get things clicking for your team. Sure. Um, um, so give me, give me Cowboys one more time. One more time. So, so for me, if you look at Seattle, right, we, we think that they've done, they've done a pretty good job. They faced Atlanta week one and they in Atlanta and they dominated them. Obviously the Cowboys had a, they were trailing Atlanta and had to make this miraculous comeback aided by some uh, poor game management, situational stuff going on. In, in 20, nothing in, in the first um, quarter. But yeah, so like, to me, I can't see Seattle really losing this game. I do like Dallas with the points if you're betting at home, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Seahawks to win this one. And if you're yeah, keeping I'm, track I'm, I'm at home, Seattle, I'm taking Seattle too. What I want to talk about is the over under. It's fifty five and a half. Um, that that's one of the highest over unders I've seen in a while. Super um, what do you guys think about that? That's stay that's stay away. Stay away. I I like these teams to score a lot of points. That's Although it's a high, because it's a high number, I, I'm staying away from it. But I think they could hit it. If, if 55 I think and they a can half, hit it. Yeah, I, I gun to head. I think I'm taking the over. No, see, gun to head. I'm going under, man. Over under is sitting 52, 52 and a half, 53 maybe. Sure. Neither of these defenses look good. No, they don't. But you're going to be seeing a lot of ground play, a lot of ground play. 
Yeah. Maybe. And, and just, just like I said in the Minnesota game last week, gun to the head, under. You're going to see a lot more running, a lot more short stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they're going to be wanting to, you know, let Russell fly, let him loose. But um, let 50, Russ cook. 55 is just so much. This yeah. isn't college ball. And, just and the over. hook. And the hook. Yeah, so um, I think from a points perspective, take the Cowboys. Uh, that's a lot of points to be giving one of the most talented teams in the league. Um, from a money line perspective, take Seattle all day. You can't bet against Russell Wilson. Uh, I love him being the MVP this year. God, that if, if anybody in the NFL deserves MVP more, I, I don't know who they are. Yeah, Because that, that guy, he, he is so good so consistently. He's one of these guys that, as a Vikings fan, I just I look at him and it, I said the same thing. Joe Burrow's first start, the Vikings will never have a guy like that ever. Well, the great ever. thing about Russ is he was available to everybody. He went in the third round. Oh, dude, I, trust just a, me. Just really, yeah. really bad scouting by a lot you of people. Don't have to rub salt in my wounds. I understand how horrible it is, but yes, uh, take the Seattle all day long if you're doing money line. But I think if you're if you're looking at the spread. And right now, you know, that's a pretty big spread. I would definitely go Cowboys on the spread. But money line, you got to take Seattle, I think. Brandon? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Seattle. Money line, easy. All right, guys. So, Sunday night game. Dude, this is the game of the week, I think. Um, Sunday and Monday night, both. Sunday and Monday night. But I'm going to put this as the game of the week because I find this very intriguing. I've been talking a lot of shit about Green Bay. I still think... They're, uh, dude, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers just looks like he's zoned in. Uh, it, it's a dumb thing, you know, things things that, like, people walk on to, but when Aaron Rodgers is single and not in a relationship, he is a way better quarterback. Uh, <laughs> true, he, true, true, but, but you, are, you, are you telling me he's won against any kind of secondary? He's won against the Vikings and the Lions. He's going to go ex- He's going against a real defense with a real secondary on the road. That just got Ugh. torched by the Raiders. Agreed, but the Lions did almost beat Chicago week one, uh, and they actually looked pretty good. Um, and, dude... Honestly, yeah. Dude, has he played bad teams? Yeah. Has he looked exceptional? Yes. So I I think to, to kind of count him out just because of his opponents is a mistake. I really like what I'm seeing out of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what happened, really. His team hasn't improved around him. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is just... Dude, talk about a guy that has always played with the chip on his shoulder. His, the chip on that fucking shoulder after draft. Maybe the best thing the Packers ever did was draft... Jordan Love. Right, secretly, I, right? I actually heard uh, Trent Dilfer talking about this on the Ryan Rosillo podcast and where it's like, they think that it was actually kind of them being like, we're going to try to motivate Aaron Rodgers by yeah. drafting Jordan Love. I don't buy it, but theoretically, it makes sense. No, he, dude, you get that guy down and watch him fucking rise. Yeah. And we're seeing Aaron Rodgers rise because I still do not believe in the Packers. But Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers used to, then you can't not believe in the Packers. That, so this game, that that Aaron backfield though, Aaron Jones played yeah, a monster I, of a game I'm, too, I'm a, and he still hasn't got paid. And he, but he's been quiet, which I can. Uh, backfield is a monster. Like pick a guy you don't like in that backfield, you can't. Um, but this game has been extremely interesting. Uh, it started out with the Saints favored by five and a half. Really wish I would have known about this game when that was the line because right. I would have fucking pounded it. But naturally. Uh, things are equalizing, and the Saints are now favored only by three. 
So what do you guys think about this game? So um, this is actually one of the more this – this is my teeter target game. So, like, for Brandon, he was flipping back and forth between the Rams and Buffalo. That, that's how I am with this game. Um, I think this is definitely going to be an under game. Um, Breeze is struggling. But if, if they needed a, um, a fire lit under their ass, I think it just happened uh, with that loss against the Raiders. But I'm, I'm definitely going to ride the Saints. Um, betting against them, usually, actually betting but against both teams usually pans out poorly. But uh, give me the Saints at home in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm on Green Bay here. I'm, I'm with you. I think that Aaron Rodgers looks pretty sharp, and, and that backfield looks really good. Maybe I'm just riding the wave, but um, the fact that you're – I still don't think that the Raiders are that good. I think they're mostly, you know, an about 500 team. So the fact that they can game plan, game plan enough around what the Saints are trying to do just makes me think that, uh, you know, another team can can watch that, especially short week for New Orleans. He got those kind of things coming into play a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm taking the Packers to, to win that game outright. So I'm going to hop in here just because I love Newman's point uh, that he just said, which is that uh, – if you're all high on the Raiders right now, don't be. Um, we're talking about a team that is, you know, they they beat at home in their in their home opener uh, a team that's really banged up. They're without probably the best receiver in the entire NFL right now. Um, don't buy too much into that Raiders victory. I I, I think that was a really good point. And, and, and also, I heard that th- there's a lot of belief that Devonte Adams still plays. They only kind of took him out of that game because they had the lead. They didn't need to play him. So the, if you're if you're worried about Devonte Adams, it looks like he's supposed to play. Yeah. So they they kind of seem like counterpoints, but in in my mind, they're not. Um, give me the Packers uh, in this game for sure. Uh, at the line, I'm 100% drilling it where it's at, especially where it was. But uh, I love what the Packers are doing. Uh, really, at every level, they're good. They're not great at anything. They're not great at anything. Um, but they are really good at everything that they do. So I like the Packers a lot this week. Yeah, I, I, I just see a slight regression coming from Aaron Jones, who's uh, number one in yards, a number two in touchdowns, uh, number two in average. Um, so I, I think he comes back to the mean. Uh, I think I think Aaron Rodgers comes back a little bit down to earth. And, you know, I, get, I like Drew Brees and Sean Payton against the wall, you know, especially at home. I know that's been a little bit leveled out because of COVID, uh, but I'm taking New Orleans here. Okay. Well, we're exactly split on that. So that'll be that'll be an interesting game. Uh, going forward, we've been split on a lot of these. We I mean, have, you know, that's I like this unplanned, unplanned. We don't, we don't tell each other our picks before this podcast. I like this a lot, but dude, here we come back to back MVPs, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the same, well, sorry, not in the same division, but, uh, these are guys that much like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will square off probably every year for the next six, seven years. Uh, maybe not next year because I think the Steelers are really good, but um, uh, the, the, these these two will definitely play against each this other. This is going to be one of these sagas that you see uh, that plays out for a very very long time. Um, so far in the saga, does anybody have the the notes? I think I think Lamar Jackson is winning it, or is it one one? I th- split. It's split. Well, uh, well, so did Lamar play in the first matchup against? Sure Kansas did. City? He did. Yeah. yeah sure, sure did. Did he start? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. They're split. This could be a really good matchup. I mean, down the road, uh, people were questioning Lamar Jackson, you know, Madden cover curse. 
Uh, is he a running back? Always hated the criticism of Lamar Jackson. You just got this dynamic player, and the Titans were just out of this world in the playoffs last year. There's really no getting around it. So uh, what do you guys think about this game? I think it's very intriguing. If this was in Kansas City, uh, Baltimore is currently favored by three and a half. If this is in Kansas City, I think you just flip those points right around and give it to Kansas City. So yeah, I'll jump in here. Uh, you know, we, we were kind of talking about how Pittsburgh's had a little bit of a cakewalk to start the season. Um, the Ravens have had the Browns and the struggling Texans. I don't think we've really seen what the Ravens are. I think they're going to be good. I had them winning the division at 11 and five this year. Um, but I, I like Patrick Mahomes in this. Um, I, I think Lamar is, he's played out of his mind, but honestly, probably us four could do decently against the Texans and Browns defense. Um, (laughs) I I would take chiefs in the points and I would take chiefs money line outright. Um, I think the Sunday night game will be closer than this game. So yeah, I'm I'm actually right with you. Um, I think that there's a very very high probability that the Chiefs were sleeping on um, on the Chargers um, trap but, game. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Still found a way to win. Um, man, Baltimore does look good, but you know, to your credit, yeah. Bad opponents. Um, I still don't think that Lamar Jackson can consistently throw it downfield. Um, give me um, he almighty, Patty Mahomes yes. takes it. If you didn't listen to our podcast last year, a lot of people didn't. <laughs> but we were <laughs> actually just around this time last year, we officially uh, subscribed to our podcast plat- platform. Prior to that, we were just releasing YouTube videos like, you know, Anyways, um, but we used to just suck Mahomes' dick every week, uh, and I'm just going to suck it again this week. Um, don't don't take whatever happened last week with the Chargers to heart. Uh, the Chargers are one of the best defenses in the NFL, and sometimes guys just have off games. Uh, he did have to go to L.A. Uh, this game is in Baltimore. Baltimore does have a really good home field advantage, but I'm with Marcus in saying that if this thing turns into a shootout, which I think it will, uh, Patrick Mahomes will not be denied two weeks in a row. And he, yes, Patrick Mahomes is 2-0 this season, but a rookie quarterback coming in last week and almost beating him, if you don't think that chaps Patrick Mahomes' ass, you don't know Patrick Mahomes. Dude, that he's, guy's such a competitor. He's I mean, such a competitor, and he steps up to the moment so fucking big. He did it last week. He'll do it again this week. Give me the Chiefs all day long. So I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Ravens. Of course. I of course. really, really love what the Ravens have done on defense in terms of the offseason, going out and getting Calais Campbell and getting Derek Wolf to strengthen the, the middle of that defense. Then you bring in Patrick Queen. They bring a little bit more pass rush to the, to the table. This is, to me, this is the best defense in the NFL. There's not a whole lot of teams that I even think are even close. Um, I think that they have the DBs to match up with what Kansas City wants to do. They're going to be able to get pressure and... I think that, you know, maybe they'll just, they have enough offense, plus they have, uh, you know, this is the matchup of probably the two best kickers in the league too, right? You got Bucker and you got um, your boy Justin Tucker up there. So I I do like the Ravens in this matchup. Uh, I don't know that I would be willing to bet it in terms of the the points, but uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to to go there and I'm going to stay. I mean, three and a half points is strong from Vegas' side. So um, to, to... It just seems odd to me. Uh, Well, 
yeah, so you guys have it at three and a half. Um, other sports books have it at three. Mm-hmm. It started at two and a half Ravens, and it's shifting more towards Ravens. But I think a lot of that has to do with recency bias. Uh, people seeing the Chiefs almost losing the Chargers. Sure. Last week, I think people think that the Chargers aren't a good team, and that's an incorrect assessment. No, I, I, I definitely think the Chargers are good, but I just I I love the Ravens defense. I think that yeah. that's I think it's the best defense in the NFL, and so no, they're really uh, good. And and I mean point to a flaw that the Ravens really have, right? They're good on special teams. They're good on offense. They have a good quarterback. They have good receipt skill position. Downfield players. passing. Sure. But, uh, I mean, just, you know, it's one of those things. If they can get enough of it, they can find a way to work their tight ends a little bit more, whatever they need to do to take advantage. Because Kansas City hasn't played against played well against a t- tight end so far this year, I think, right? But can Lamar Jackson withstand a shootout? Like, same Patrick Mahomes sure. goes up 14-0. Can Patrick Mahomes withstand yeah. that? If this was the playoffs, I would uh, probably lean a different way. But for this week, I'm going to take the Ravens at home on Monday night. So, okay. so hypoth- here's a hypoth- hypothetical situation, Newman. Lamar Jackson gets ready to throw downfield, decides he's terrible at throwing downfield. He runs to the sideline, and here comes Honey Badger, who don't give a fuck. Comes don't to hit him, fuck. who wins it? Who wins it? Lamar probably makes him look stupid, honestly. <laughs> Fuck you. No way. Honey Badger puts him on his ass. Puts him on his <laughs> knees, boy. All right. You, you know what I actually think is going to happen in this game? I actually think we see a Patty Mahomes special. I think I think Baltimore maybe jumps ahead 17-7, 14-3, and then we just see Patty Mahomes do his thing. 21 straight points and just smack Baltimore in the mouth. I don't think we're, I see this game going. I don't think we're giving this Chiefs defense enough credit. Um, the Chargers dice them up with a rookie quarterback last week. Chargers got a lot of great we- weapons. I mean, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Hunter Henry. That's a really solid top three. And then you add in Austin Eckler. I mean, there's a lot of good receiving weapons there. I think people just are taking for granted how good the Chargers are with a catalyst like Justin Herbert. So I think so here, here's one thing that I heard on ESPN and take it or you, you know, take or leave it where you're like ESPN, but they planned for Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert plays a completely different kind of game. So the game plan they had going in, um, you know, for that first half wasn't what they planned for. And I think they kind of got surprised and hit in the mouth with it. Uh, a little bit. So, talk, talk talk about getting good. carried away with the take. My God. Talk about so getting you're, hit in the mouth. How yeah. about Justin Herbert running over some Chiefs linebackers in that game? But dude, I did like that. I mean, <laughs> so your assessment is because they prepared for a seasoned veteran, them getting taken off guard by a rookie. Like, I, I, I don't buy that at all. So now just the Herbert taking the downfield shots. Uh, Herbert just being a completely different style quarterback than Tyrod so they, Taylor. They were basically a little pre- bit more of a game manager, shorter throws. It sounds like um, what you're saying is that they were preparing for a bad quarterback and they got a good quarterback. <laughs> you want to put it simplicity, <laughs> sure. Yep. Um, so um, I I think this is another game to um uh, to look at the under boys just just to like really look at it. Twenty seven twenty four is very realistic or under under that. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of points on a Monday night. It is 53 and a half. Wow. Um, I, th- I think it's definitely going to be close, but under something like seriously uh, consider on Monday night. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into parlays. Yep. So the parlays, uh, does anybody have the uh, totals on the season? Um, yes, so I do. What we're I, doing I do. is so. we are, we are basically uh, expecting $10 a week on these parlays. They're all money line bets. 
So we're basically posting what we're at on the season, assuming the hypothetical, and by the way, it's not hypothetical. We're all fucking degenerates. Um, so we're actually all betting these. So you're seeing exactly where we probably actually are um, in our bank accounts. But uh, you can see exactly where we are and uh, follow us based on that. Yeah, so the the gentleman that, well, <laughs> gentleman's probably a kind word, uh, for who writes our gambling articles, uh, Mr. Marcus, he's leading. Um, he has the highest balance. Uh, and then it's kind of tied for everyone else who's kind of lost. I'm even, I'm, I'm, I'm plus $12. Who gives a shit about $12? Um, so there, there's two of us at plus $12. Marcus is up 24. Everyone else hasn't won yet. So I so I will say one thing that you definitely need to do uh, avoid when you're gambling is drinking heavily. So my uh, my first mistake of the of the 2020 season, I went I fired on New England hard to cover four and a half, <coughs> hammered. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh, don't do it, but do it. It's still so much fun. All right, so who, so who do you have this week? So um and very um. Um, consistent fashion. I was about to go all uh, NFC West again. I love the division, so I am taking the Niners. I am taking the Rams in the upset. Um, but I had to go with the most absolute certain pick of the week. Uh, Steelers are my third, so Steelers, Niners, and Rams. I like it. All right, I'm going to jump on your boys, the Cardinals. I like them over the Lions. I like the Bengals to get their first W with the Joe Burrow era against the Eagles. And then I've got the Pats against the Raiders. I think people are going to think that the Raiders are, are good now that they you know pulled that upset, and uh, I will take the Pats on a Raiders short week. Yeah, for me, um, I, I got crazy, and I took three underdogs last week, and I went 0 for 3. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm doing what every terrible golfer does and overcorrect. So I'm taking three heavy favorites. Uh, I'm, I'm taking New England over the Raiders. I'm taking uh, Tampa Bay over the Broncos and the fighting Jeff Driscolls. Uh, and then the Colts <laughs> over the lowly Jets. So I'm still flown with my strategy because uh, with parlays, you can hit. Um, and based on where, you, where you're hitting, it's you know whatever risk level you're willing to put out there. So I've been going with dogs in my parlays, and that's going to be my strategy going forward. And I have three dogs in this parlay, three dogs that I like a lot. Give me Kansas City. Um, we've really already, already talked about it. Give me the Rams and give me the Packers. All right. For a yeah, $133 payout. Too. Drew, I really love this. I love that payout at plus $1,240. Um, that's, a, that's amazing on a $10 bet. Um, but I just see that as kind of the bet I made last week. You know, there's a good chance you go 0 and 3 there. Whether you go 0 and 3 or 2 and 3 doesn't really matter in a parlay. Um, but you are right. That's that's a that's a sexy parlay. The NFL shifts so radically from week to week. You can't look at previous weeks and say, "Hey, I went 0 and 3 last week." Um, you know what I'm saying? And if if you're buying into that strategy, like we were talking about earlier, I really only have to hit like every six weeks, let's say, to be effective against you guys. So. So boom. we're only on the week three. Hopefully, if I hit this time, boom, you guys are fucked. Speaking about hitting shots at the buzzer, how, did you guys see Anthony Davis with that freaking monster shot at the end of game two? The uh, and, and the what is it? The the Western Finals in the NBA. I did. It, 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 that was insane. But anyone that's played Dude. basketball um, knows that Mason Plumley played that about as dumb as possible. It was. It wasn't as dumb as the uh, Atlanta Dallas onside kick. 
but you never go under a screen in, in, a, in a play like that. You always chase it. You always chase. You always go up and sure. around. He went under and got fucking clowned on. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, still a big time shot. Davis it's for making still a big it, time shot. Um, uh, it wasn't tough, honestly. But, but, but it, I mean, it wasn't a tough. It was clutch. I don't say tough. Coming, he was borderline open. Yes, it was. It was clutch. Coming back though, how about Jamal Murray in Game Three, just completely taking over that game? See, boys, when it comes to, when it comes to basketball, I'm I'm always rooting for the Lakers. I'm always yeah. LeBron. LeBron. Know, LeBron. To, you know, re- recorrect that. Sure. But um, so Game Six uh, last series, my um, <laughs> my buddy bet um, twenty to one odds on Denver to win the championship, and he's giving me a ten percent commission for uh, running it for him. So. I have to, I'm rooting for Denver, so um, you know. Go well, Jamal see, so what you should do is you should hedge where you can on that. For oh, him. <laughs> oh no, it, it, it's it's a, it's a zero or plus money for me. Um, there you go. Either LeBron wins or uh, let's go Nuggets. All right, um, and then out out in the eastern side there, Tatum and Brown like pulling it together because Miami had been dominating that series. So a little bit of love for for the Celtics. I think that that, that that's one that could probably go seven. Right? Do you guys see that going? I seven? think the Celtics win it. Yeah, in seven. All right, for sure. Um, yeah, Brad Stevens wasn't going to go down three null. He, no yeah, I think he's the best coach in the NBA. Um, and the the Celtics are too deep. I took the Celtics um, to cover uh, and to and to win. I was a I was a parlay. I won uh, Saturday night. Um, so, how yeah, many games like, do like you think? How many think? How many games do you think that the Western Final goes? Five. Oh, so, you, so you got the Lakers win the next two? I think it at least goes six. Uh, I could see five. Um, Dude, I mean, but let's let's be realistic. They had two. You know, the 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 Nuggets won one game. There was one game that was literally a coin toss, and then the the, the Lakers dominated one. So, like, this is a fairly even matchup to just get you know five. I I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it going longer than five. Always sure. go with the better talent. The better talent is undoubtedly the Lakers. Uh, sure, but what, still, what, where it where it ends, five games where it ends, I think is is inconsequential. Uh, I think this is one of these uh, seasons which is already predetermined. Uh, the Lakers, they looked a little sloppy going in, but they are the team to beat uh, until I see otherwise. They they remind me of Golden State in some of these previous years just in their sheer dominance. Fair enough. All right, qu- qu- quick on, on baseball. Who are you guys' World Series winners? Give them to me right now. If you say anything but the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dodgers 100%. And Brandon? Yeah, I mean, Dodgers, but I, I'd love the story if the White Sox could pull it out. Dream season. It's crazy. Right. Homer pick. I'm going to take the Rays, and then uh, let, let, let's uh, let's let's just go one more quick thought on on uh, on on the NFL before we get to a little bit of college football action. Uh, Gale Sayers, rest in peace. Have you ever seen some Gale Sayers highlights? Dude is a monster. Like John Facenda talking about just watching him play. Like the player that I thought most resembled Gale, Gale Sayers that we got to see is maybe what Reggie Bush did in college. That's kind of the closest rendition to what Gale Sayers could do at the NFL level. See, I, th- I think Gale Sayers was still more of like a one cut, but he was so explosive. He, he was almost like a. I, f- so, I feel like he was doing ballet out there sometimes. Yeah, but but he was still more of like a one cut and go because that that was more of the style than Re- Reggie. Reggie, it's hard to compare anyone to Reggie and Reggie to anyone because of his shiftiness, um, which obviously just didn't translate long term. But the fluidity. Well, uh, so yeah, if you, you know, if you pick one color out of the portrait, yeah, you can you can mix and match. Yeah, Gil Sayers, um, obviously NFL great. Um, 
it's hard to judge his career based on stats because they were only playing 13 game seasons at the time. So, um, five time first team all pro running back. Yep. And he had 14 touchdowns his rookie year. (laughs) He's also kick returner. I was looking up his stats today. Like he he only had 1000 yard season. Okay. They were playing 13 game seasons. It was a different league back then. They're probably playing with footballs. That if you if somebody would just toss you one of these footballs, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" He, imagine what Gale, thirty yards. Imagine what Gale Sayers would have been in an era where they throw a back the ball out of the backfield. Like they probably didn't do much of that at that point in time. No, he was a great player. I do think he's a little bit overrated. Um, so I, I, I I'm just gonna end it there because I'm not gonna talk ill about the that dead. But he only had one thousand yard season and. Uh, Pretty much his career was done by 27. So, um, but yeah. My, my, my thoughts on Gale Sayers, again, like mimic everything you guys said. Um, but 2020 has been a rough year for everyone. If you want a good cry, watch Brian's song. Absolutely. Brian yeah. Piccolo and Gale Sayers were, were phenomenal friends. Um, if you want to know more about that and just watch a great movie, um, check out Brian's song. Some sure. Running backs. For sure. And then just to touch it off at the end here, some a little bit of college football news. So Notre Dame and uh, just get gets ravished by COVID, um, and then the, you know having to cancel a bunch of games, and then Mike Norvell, the first head coach to test positive. Uh, I mean, it makes me as a Florida State fan feel a little bit like could anything more go wrong for this guy? Did, in, did in you his, see uh, in U- USF's season? in the same boat right now? They're I think they just canceled their game for did, uh, did for, they? So know, I had so, I, I had seen today. earlier today that they they had, they had no issues in terms of the testing, but maybe some popped up today. But And then the SEC is actually starting play this weekend, so I know that a bunch of you SEC fans out there are probably looking forward to that. For There's only fans. really Good one, fans. two, maybe two interesting SEC games with Kentucky versus Auburn, maybe Tennessee versus South Carolina is potentially interesting. But uh, And then I know our boy Derek, Derek Black uh, is a big Army fan, and, and they have a pretty interesting game against Cincy this week. Nobody cares. Okay. Sorry, Derek. All right. Hey. Sorry, just, just real real quick, just on that, I, I think I brought up on the podcast, Notre, South Bend was getting hit hard. Notre Dame sent their students home. You this did is mention something that. that, you know, you could have seen coming from a mile away. But if all the students and, got sent home, why is the team still getting it? Yeah. No, that that's that's a great point. It's I, like, I don't like know herpes. too many of the details there. Funny. But uh, but yeah no um, I I I'm, I hope this doesn't become more of a more of a popular thing but um, who knows. So flight to Tunisia means that we are done for the night. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna go watch the lightning dominate. Yep, we're cutting our show a little bit early, and you know what? Whenever we say we're gonna cut it early, we always go about twenty minutes longer than we say we will. But here we fucking go. Amcos is in for game three. This will be a very interesting variable. Uh, Go Bolts. If Stamkos can play on some power plays, who knows how much they're going to actually put them in, but the Lightning needs something because uh, I... What, these last two games have really fucking scared me. They've really, really scared me. Talk, talk about a stress magnet. Stress <laughs> the fuck out Dallas, of me. Dallas is one of those weird teams that just meshed properly. Yep. They're so, so weird. They are meshing their, very their well. Their head coach, former assistant uh, to the Lightning, Rick Bonus. I, I hate how well their goalkeeper plays right now. It's, it's, fucking, it's all it takes some time. Every goalkeeper plays well against the Lightning. It's a it, fact. It is. In the playoffs, it's, it's a fact. bizarre. It's bizarre. But now, now you guys know what it's like to be a Pens fan. That's right. So that's what we're going to go do tonight. Um, 
hope you guys enjoyed the show uh if you did please like us follow us share us with a friend yeah we're trying to make this uh more of a career than a hobby but you determine that so thank you so much everybody for listening and uh have a great night see ya